Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, it's time for Customer Experience Radio. Brought to you by Heineken Company, real estate advisors specialized in corporate relocation. Now, here's your host, Jill Heineck. Welcome to this very special edition of Customer Experience Radio. I'm your host, Jill Heineck. I'm a business owner, real estate advisor, and customer experience enthusiast. One of the most important aspects of my business is making sure that you, as our client, is clear on the process, able to reach us for anything at any time, and to make it as stress-free as possible. And I'm really so proud when I see others in my industry also striving for this level of experience and doing it at a very high level. And that's why I'm super excited to have two of my very good friends and colleagues with Keller Williams Realty on the show with us today. They are our very first Realtors Extraordinaires to join us. Hello. Hello. (laughs) Hello, Jill. Hello. So um, Debbie Sharp is the founder and the group leader of the Sharp Group. She has not only built a star-studded team of experts in customer service, design, project management, and marketing, but also the team of vendors that Debbie has handpicked to serve her clients' renovations needs. Um, Debbie's clients enjoy priority scheduling, relationship pricing, and white glove service from some of the top companies in the Bay Area on any budget and timeline. Prior to her career in real estate, Debbie had 14 years of leadership experience at Nordstrom, where she held several leadership and buying assignments that led to her final assignment as the store manager of Nordstrom in Palo Alto. And after leaving Nordstrom, Debbie launched her uh, launched it to her real estate career and quickly became a rising star. Duh. Within a few short years, she became one of the top agents in the Peninsula, San Francisco area. Brady... Brady Sandal of KW Luxury Homes in Palm Springs, California, is widely recognized as one of the leading forces in the greater Palm Springs Coachella Valley real estate market, being recognized in 2019 as Coachella Valley's highest producing team and the only team who sold over $100 million in volume within that year. He was also the co-host of the Desert's Home Makeover in the Desert and has presented on several HGTV shows, including National Open House and What You Get for Your Money. Welcome, Debbie and Brady. Thank you, Thank you Jill. I am so, so happy to have you both here. You know, ironically, Jill, Debbie and I both had a strong career with Nordstrom. Debbie took it to a higher level. I stayed more in the customer side of it, but she and I we came from the same drinking fountain, compliments of the Nordstrom family. So it's great to be on the show with her today. Yes. Hi, Brady. It makes all, this, it makes all the sense in the world to me, knowing how, how, who you are and how you both run your businesses. Um, Brady, so let's talk a little bit more about that, your background. So you, you were at Nordstrom at some point, and then talk a little bit more about where you've gotten your foundation. Yeah, well, it started by being a consumer at Nordstrom at a very early age and then wanting to work there so badly that when I applied and they said no, I simply went to their sale date and dressed up and started folding clothes. And ironically, one of the leaders of the company saw me doing that and took me under his wing and put me to work right away. But I learned the importance of customer service, which is you take care of your internal customers first. You, you inspire them, you lead them, you grow them, and they are then empowered to take care of the customers that hire them. So for me, taking care of our internal customers is a core value, and that allows our ladies and gentlemen to exceed the expectations of the customers who hire us. Love it. From within. Yes. So Debbie, talk a little bit about your Nordstrom background and, and the other experiences that you've had around to build your foundation. Thank you. Of course. I love it, Brady. I love it. It all comes down to shopping. <laughs> it all stops, <laughs> right? It all stops, starts and stops that shopping. I love it. So yes, I too uh, loved, you know, in a special manner going to Nordstrom with my mom and my sister. Sometimes you just each one of us would go by ourselves. And I was like, ooh, I want to work here. My mom's like, oh no, you're you're, you're going to college, grad school, like retail, just shop there. <laughs> and so, of course, I get out of college after several years and and I was about to go on a little, I think it was Europe, but maybe it was just Hawaii. I can't recall. And I said, well, I'll just step into Nordstrom and introduce myself to the store manager. And it happened to be Jim Nordstrom, Jim A. Nordstrom, which is the young Nord, uh, Jim. And he's doing great. And 
has a fabulous family and still involved um, slightly with the store. So that was in um, Northern California. And so I stepped in and he didn't have time for me. So that I was able to meet uh, with the individual. Her name is Chris Romancher. I'll never forget this. This was several decades ago now. And I said, you know, I'd love to just, you know, work for the summer. I'm actually just out of college and I, you know, I'm going to be going on a vacation. She goes, oh, we don't have any room. (laughs) There's no jobs. I go, what? I'm like, are you, are, you, are you kidding? And she goes, and then I came back several times because I was like grabbing makeup, shopping. You know, I'm like, oh, I'll buy a pair of shoes, trying to be sly about it. I'm like, oh, hi, Chris. I'm just stepping in. And so then I would, and she goes, okay, well, you can get hired for the half yearly sale. If you do a good job, you might be able to stay. I'm like, okay, I'll do a good job. And so that's how it started. I started um, at the June half yearly sale. I think I've never hung and folded clothes more in my whole life. And and from there, I started a career at Nordstrom. And I just said, I want to learn. I want to do this. How can I, um, you know, how can I contribute? And then from there, you know, from within, like Brady illustrates with his current team and what we learned at Nordstrom is kind of elevating folks within the business community uh, and I just worked my way up uh, as a you know assistant manager, and then of course my last role was at the Stanford store um, in Palo Alto, and that was just under a hundred million dollar building. Um, it was wow. like ninety eight when we when I departed in two thousand three. So, so let's let's let's. Uh, so I'm sorry to interrupt. So uh-huh. let for so both of you think of. Um, if you can think back to something that one of the Nordstroms said to you that stuck with you mm-hmm. as you're, you know, we're talking about the customer experience and how to create that environment. Um, what is something that, that stuck with you that they have said to you during your experience there? Oh, for me, you know, Nordstrom started, as Debbie knows so well, as a family business selling shoes. And the family started the company with the goal of, of selling shoes. But what they realized is that they had to create a brand platform, brand standards that others could execute. And so they poured enormous amount of thought and energy into selecting, not hiring, but selecting the right ladies and gentlemen to represent that brand, that initial brand standard back when the company was started. And they never lost sight of that. And I think where companies go wrong is they put a lot of focus on the customer. And while that's not necessarily the wrong path, they've done it before they focused on their internal customer. Remember, the entrepreneur who is listening to your show right now, they've started the company, but eventually they've selected individuals to join them. And those individuals have to be so clear on the brand standards and the service platform. So when that entrepreneur is not in the room, the customer gets the same level of service. Remember, organizations are designed to do what they're built to do. And when organizations like Nordstrom or the Ritz-Carlton are built to take care of the customer, the entire organization will take care of that customer. So number one, selecting talent pouring into those talent, noticing that they're on a championship team and to be on that championship court, they've got to hit those standards consistently time and time again. I love it. Very similar, Brady. Um, And so to Jill, to answer your question specifically, I think the number one thing, and I have two, if I may, um, that Mm -hmm. I really deemed from my earlier years at Nordstrom is, is what Brady illustrated, which is the inverted pyramid. So as you are growing up and contributing more in leadership at Nordstrom and making mistakes and making new mistakes and taking on bigger assignments, you're fur- you slightly get further away from the customer. So the, the inverted pyramid where the core leadership, um, be it family or otherwise, was at the bottom of the pyramid and the customers are at the top. And then everybody closest to the customers was, as a leader, was our customer. So we're, you know, and I, I do that very same action for my team um, and nothing's perfect. We make new mistakes, but I, my job is, of course, like Brady said, to give customer service to our buyers and sellers. But my number one job is to serve my team, to make sure they are taken care of, that they have what they need. They have the right coaching. They have the right tools. And so that's my number one takeaway that I, I learned at Nordstrom and executed at Nordstrom um, as I learned and made mistakes through that. And as I exited, I was very good at it because I had everybody giving me service to do a better job for my people. 
And so that's my number one focus for my team. And then secondarily, I think it all comes down as entrepreneurs and men and women and people and humans is we have to remember that we are not here to manage people. We're here to manage the expectation. And if that's the keeper of the brand, like Brady mentioned, like we're the keeper of the brand, you know, this is what we do. That's, you know, we're not here to say you do it this way and it's only this way and you didn't do it right. It's like, here's the expectation on a document that is memorialized on posters and throughout the whole office or at home or on your laptop or whatever it is. And like, let's make sure that we are managing the expectation with each other and our clients because we're not managing clients. We're not managing our teams. We're not, we don't want to be managed, but we all have expectations that we are expecting of others and folks are expecting of us. And so that's what I've really utilized in my entrepreneurial role that I took from the corporate background that I had at Nordstrom. I love that. And you know, it's so true because specifically in our industry as, as realtors who are caring for someone in a life transition um, and making a giant investment, um, managing the expectations during the process is key. And I think that can make or break the, the um, experience, number one. It can also make or break um, the relationship. And um, everybody wants things to remain intact, right? And, you know, I put myself in these positions a lot of the time and think, you know, when I'm calling to get a quote on some work done in my house, I want to know what the process is. Are you then coming to my house? Are we doing a virtual? Am I walking you through? Are you giving me an estimate? Like how long do I have to wait before you send me something in writing? And mm-hmm. and so I take these, all these, and, and similar to what you have done with your experiences in Nordstrom, I take a lot of my real real life experiences over the last 20 years and really think about what would make me happier if this process went a certain way? How can I better manage my clients? So that is, I mean, I love that you you take uh, heed to this. And um, so with that being said, I'd love for each of you to touch on a little bit about maybe some, one or two things that you're doing that have been really impactful within your team. Because like you said, those are your internal customers. If they're not happy or they're not feeling engaged and morale isn't high, then we can't serve at a high level, right? Because they're helping you serve the client. Um, so can you talk to a little bit about that? Absolutely. And and Jill, what I want to say before we go into that is that you've always done a good job of delivering anticipatory service for your customers in Atlanta. (laughs) That's what it gets down to. And W do this also, which is you help paint a picture of the standard um, that you're going to hit, but also what's going to happen next. And really, customers don't hire you for character. They hire you for clarity. Mm -hmm. We sometimes forget that. Customers really want clarity. They may not say that, but they expect it, and that's what's going to cause them to go forward. If they feel comfortable and confident that you've communicated a clear path, they're more likely to hire. So, Jill, two things that we do um, every day, we do a lineup, and we really brought this over from the Ritz-Carlton. It's what we call the 3G lineup, and that is we bring our ladies and gentlemen together right now through Zoom, and we go through the 3Gs. And Why that's important is the three Gs address the culture of numbers and the culture of people. The first G is gratitude. What are we most grateful for in each other? What are we most grateful for in our jobs, in our customers, in our experiences? The second G would be the goals. And we look at goals from obviously volume and we look at goals of personal growth. But here's what's interesting. Companies fail because they don't talk about goals on a daily basis. Push the conversation down to a quarterly meeting, and that just gets awkward. If you talk about goals on a quarterly basis or even on a monthly basis, it may be too far away for the front-end consumer and too far late for the customer employee. And then, of course, that third G, Jill, as you know, is the grit. What do we need to do today? to make the customer experience better. So that daily 3G is something that we do really well at a high level on a daily basis. Mm. Now, the next thing, it's fun, but it's glamorous. Let me tell you, we have a core value system called Aspire, A-S-P-I-R-E, where we anticipate, serve, perform, inspire, respond, excel. And at 445 Pacific, we get on the phone and talk about What did we do 
to put those core values into motion? How did we surprise and delight the customer in the interaction, not the transaction, in the interaction that reflects those core values of Aspire? Because when you talk about culture, it's what you do and how you do it. And when we talk about it daily, it shows up daily. If we don't talk about it daily, it won't show up daily. And customer experience, as Debbie said earlier, it's going to be defined one of two ways, either by you, the entrepreneur, by the customer. It's a lot more exciting when you set the standard and everyone knows the target. Mm-hmm. I love Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Debbie. Oh, my gosh. Um, (laughs) I'm like typing. I love it, Brady. My fingers hurt. Um, Okay. I love it. I love to contribute and learn. Holy crap. Um, So we do similar, but not the same. And we can always, you know, we love to learn and execute at a higher level. So on on a daily basis, Monday through Friday, we have what we call the sharp group huddle. And so we do that every morning at 10 Pacific, of course. And it's something that, you know, that we set the precedence that yes, we don't say it's mandatory. You know, we just make it fun and it's consistent. It's like brushing teeth, working out, having breakfast, whatever that you do. It's just, it's just like clockwork. So um, I used to, you know, of course, like remind, like, can't wait to see you. And now it's just like, boom, we're there. And you're like, hi, good morning. And we go through the lineup as well through all of our team. And, and it's all about like giving gratitude to our team, each other, and talking about our wins and also, you know, visiting about our opportunities. It's okay to, no, nobody's perfect here. And we're not looking for perfection, nor is our, our client community, right? But we like to make new mistakes, not the same ones. So we like to understand like, how can we improve and what's better and what are systems? So we just roll through um, the lineup of our team and talk about what's working, what can work better, um, again, opportunities, strengths, and then just kudos. So we do that 10 to 10.30 on a daily basis. Uh, the sales team connect over the weekend, but it's not a specific time. It's more fluid. And then we are really trying to, of course, with our SIP platforms, still certainly see each other with proper social distancing outside and really having that uh, some face-to-face time within our, the Sharp group and then our client community and the broker community. So we're, we're planning that in advance and not just go, oh, I miss you. Because then, you know, it's, we can, we can be out. We're essential. We can be out. So we're planning that weekly, monthly, quarterly. And again, it's very safe and very high level and very fun. And then lastly, you know, we're, we're really just staying in close communication with our client and understanding how are we doing? You know, what can I do for you? Um, you know, our pleasure or how, you know, in, in, in calling without an agenda, we have an agenda because we're calling and reaching out, but we're, we're really, we're not calling them for anything. We're not saying, can, can you do right. this? Or, May I have this? Or, so I'm like, what, mm-hmm. you know, what are our weekly calls? And we just love them, you know, the calling without mm-hmm. an agenda. Like, how are you? Right. What can I do for you? How's your new puppy? And really, and really understanding on a horizontal and vertical platform, just really what's going on in their world. And it's one minute. Or it's a text or it's a call or it's a voice call, you know. So we're keeping it very fluid, very quick, very thoughtful and very authentic. And that's what we love. I love that. When people call me and they're like, can you do this? I'm like, "Ah!" you know, when when you call me, Jill, and say, I'm just thinking about you or I text Brady, like, hey, you, do you have time for this? But it's not like by 10 o'clock tomorrow, right? Like, I just don't want to put more to do's on my team's list. I want to manage the expectation and, and be fluid with both our clients and our broker community and our our team. Here's how I describe Debbie to people because we love to refer business to Debbie. She's in San Francisco, <laughs> we're in Palm Springs. Mm-hmm. And what I say uh, to, about Debbie is she has very few rules, but very high standards. Yeah. Gentlemen know exactly the standard to hit, how you get across the the. The goal line is really up to them, but they know, they know mm-hmm. that they need to stay in to hit that expectation. It's a great, it's a great group to business with. If you want to buy or sell in, in San Francisco market, clearly the Sharp Group is a great way to go. And Jill, you in Atlanta, I mean, you're just crushing it on taking yeah. care of the customer. You two have very high standards, few rules. You always step up and your ladies and gentlemen do the same. 
Well, back oh, at you. I appreciate you. the shout out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sure. back at you, Brady. Back at you, Brady. Um, On that we, note, that's why we hang out together. <laughs> yeah. We, we, we speak the same language. Aww, so awesome. with that being said, y'all, so now that we've talked about, you know, managing the expectation of the internal customer, your teams, um, how do you, how do you track ROI on how these things are going? How do you, you know, how, how do you know they're being successful? Obviously you're going to see, um, you know, production, the usual benchmarks, but I mean, internally, how do you know that things are jiving? Well, I think there's the qualitative and the quantitative side. You know, when you're talking with your own team every single day, as, as Debbie and, and I are doing, and Jill, you're doing this also, you can look for the cues and clues of what's showing up. You know, it's body language, it's eye contact, it's anxiety, and yeah, it's also profit and performance. But I think if you're not talking about it daily, you miss the cues and the clues. So clearly, two sides of business. Quantitative, very, very easy, right? If you're listening to the show, you know the quantitative success of your business. It's a mathematical equation. The qualitative, it's not as mathematical, but it's as important as the quantitative. You really have to show up every day like Debbie with that high level of emotional intelligence, right? Your job is to pour into the people so they can pour into the people that have hired your customer, your employees to get the job done. But it's, right. it's a measure of looking at the numbers and having that high level of emotional intelligence and intuition on the qualitative side. Critically important. People join companies for two reasons, leads and leadership. Yep. They yes. can find leads in many different places. They cannot find leadership. People leave people. Mm-hmm. Be a good right. leader. Yeah. They'll leave less. Yep. Yeah. I think so too, Brady. I always say, you know, with folks, I mean, I've I've made my luck. Um, I don't think people are lucky. I think it's a purpose, um, purposeful to to have luck in your life. Um, and I, you know, my team. We've had change, of course. There's always reason for folks to move up and sometimes move out. Being we're coaching folks out, or there's opportunity elsewhere for them, personally or professionally, and we wish them well. We celebrate their their wins and their changes. Um, however, I've had several people on my team for a decade and two decades, and several people that I led and was led by at Nordstrom, and you know, and I always feel that the opportunity to, to Brady's point is, and we'll get back to ROI, is leads and leadership. I always look at it as opportunity. I mean, folks stay with individuals, groups, companies with opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. Now, not just a crappy atmosphere with great opportunity. It takes, it, you know, right. it's a combo. But if there's opportunity to do a great job and opportunity not to be managed, to be, you know, led and expected, mm-hmm. An opportunity to change a position within the company. I mean, all of right. my people on my team right now have a different, slightly different position than they did when they they joined us, and that's just right. coaching up and adjusting and high in doing hybrids and and being current as the as our business changes. So on that ROI, our business has changed in a decade. We didn't um, do as we do now a decade ago. We've been perfecting it and we're not practicing anymore, but we're always looking for opportunities to improve. So I, in our ROI platform, especially on the listing side and then measuring our business at large on return on investment, um, we've taken to a whole new level. I mean, just right now, we're preparing seven properties um, that are will be going on the market this year. And, and to... One just went on and another one will go on in October and then the lion's share will be November. And all of those have improvement monies installed for a better net income result for our clients and their properties. And some of them are 25,000 and there's one at 520,000. We have 333,000. I just looked at it before the show started so I could be accurate. So it's it's not a save as approach. Um, it's a business model and we know, uh, you know, what is the highest and best use for a property and depending on our clients, you know, wishes and reward 
and risk platform, then we'll say, this is what we believe would be good for your net income. And this is why. So we really do measure the ROI. We understand what is the house worth today? Doing nothing. It just is sitting right there in a very big way. Land value is all fabulous. And our average price point at large in the Bay Area is 2.5 million. So let's just say it's existing condition. It's 2.5 million. What needs to be done? Maybe nothing. Maybe it's at its highest and best use. And then we go in and just tie rope around them and do staging and execution and, and still, you know, get more than they are expecting. And sometimes the properties were 5 million. Sometimes the highest and best use is 3 million. So what is the installation and how much time and money to get it to the highest and best use for the most net income? And our business model is that we don't do anything with spending money, only invest to get a three to five times return. There's no sense to spend a dollar and get a dollar or two dollars back. It's too risky and it's too much brain damage. Absolutely. So, so we really do measure it. But to, to Brady's point, this is not science. It's art and science. You know, we, we right. used to think real estate was number one. I guess science is number one right now. <laughs> Damn it. I thought we were always number one. And now, with, you know, now science is all sexy and number one. Damn it. But I, I just think it's art and science, guys. And here's, here's right. one thing that Debbie um, hasn't shared. It's it's a secret, so I'm going to share the secret. But it's important, <laughs> Jill, and that is Debbie's always tracked one key measurable, which is client referrals. That right way to know you're doing something right, and that is if the phone calls are coming in with your clients, with future clients. That is the first measurement that you're going down the right road. So I certainly, as we talk about these big concepts, let's go back to the basic fundamentals. And that is step number one for measuring your success is how many of your customers are giving you future customers, right? And we have to realize that when someone gives us a compliment, we're generally not real comfortable accepting it. If I said to you, Jill, I love what you're wearing today, even though we're on radio and I can't see it. You might have had it for years when in reality, we should say, thank, thank you for noticing. Shall I connect you with my personal stylist so you can get something like this, right? right? So that opportunity to say, wait a minute, the customer is calling in as a cheerleader, measurement number one, let's be sure we're ready to gracefully accept that referral and take advantage of it. You mm-hmm. know something right. When your customers either call in with customer referrals or they're sending you gifts, you know you're on something right. Yep. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, that was my, that was, you kind of bringing me to my next point was, um, you know, talking about what client feedback has been. And obviously when somebody sends you a referral, that in and of itself is feedback. Um, but wondering if you're getting any specific feedback about the experiences that your real estate clients are experiencing and if you're, you're getting anything specific um, that you kind of notate and then track or watch. Sure. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I love to start the conversation because I can see Debbie in my mind typing, right? But here's, <laughs> I've learned a lot from Debbie because she really has one of the biggest servant hearts in our company. And she knows luxury like like very few do. What I love about Debbie and what I learned from Debbie is that customer service is ongoing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not a negotiable select and select out. And what we've learned about feedback is it should not wait till the very end. Right. Very hard to chase a customer after that interaction or that transaction has ended. So for those entrepreneurs listening, let's put more attention to the feedback at the front end of that relationship. Let's feedback check-in point early into the interaction because that does two things. One, it allows you to pivot or recover the service if need be. And number two, quite candidly, it allows you to understand who else they know who'd like to feel the same level of emotional engagement they do right now. Let's take a lesson from Ritz Carlton or Nordstrom. Yep. Understand how to surprise and delight their customers early on. Here's the analogy. If the three of us are in a restaurant having a wonderful deal together, we're enjoying that pasta 
we're having that glass of wine, maybe a second or third, I don't know. (laughs) Yes. We're most likely, we're most likely going to fill out a survey at that moment and rave and crush on that restaurant. But if they give us a survey two weeks after, ladies, I'm not sure if we had pasta or something. I don't even know the name of that restaurant. You're like, what? Where were we? I know I had wine. <laughs> we, we have to catch our customers when they're most emotionally connected. So what we've done is we've learned that in the wickedly, painfully boring art and science of selling real estate, there are eight defining moments. And we surprise and delight our ladies and gentlemen, our customers, eight times in a transaction. Why? Because we can crush on them, love on them, ask how we're doing, and candidly ask for the business, who else do you know who'd like to be as excited as you are right now? So for those listeners, look at the rhythm of your transaction. Don't wait till the end to chase for the feedback. Catch them at the front end. Look for the cues and the clues and see who else they know who connect you to future business. I love it. Love it. And I love it. And I also think it's so amazing that if you're front loading your service platform and you have a business model like Brady does, which is amazing. I know it's coveted. He shares, there's no competition at the top. I know Eric Copper's like, oh, can you send me the eight? <laughs> you know, he's on a we're on a phone call. I'm like, we're not talking about that, Eric. Love you. But he's like, Brady's like, call my team. I got you. Love you. And I'm like, can we get back to the subject at hand? Um, so I'm like, I, I, I love it. So then, you know, what's so cool about that is a, as I said, there's no competition at the top in, in, as an entrepreneur, especially with Keller Williams within this group and our extended group. And again, it's not a country club. It's a a big, you know, 200,000 agents, you know, company wide. And of course we have core, um, you know, relationships, but again, I love the sharing. So that's number one. Number two is I really believe that without being Pollyanna and still having a business model that we are we are focusing on surprising, delighting clients that aren't even our official clients yet. A, so in the interview process, we're not gifting them. We're not buying them. It's about this is who we are and how we operate. So, and it could be just understanding who they are. And when we're going to their home, you know, we know that they have 10 kids or, or one kid right. or a baby and, right. and, and not over gifting. It's not showering. It's not trying, you know, nobody, but again, it's front loading with knowledge because of course we're doing our research. And then I also, right. even before the interview process and well after the transaction process is, is how we behave at large, be it in our community and what we contribute and how we present ourselves. And, and, you know, I see folks online virtually now and or face-to-face that I may never officially interview with, but I would never mm-hmm. walk by them without saying hello. And okay. that really served me well. I will tell you, Blake Nordstrom taught me a lot. He was the hardest on my tail. And I, when I, in my younger years at Nordstrom, I'm like, mm, he's not my favorite. I don't like that. I don't like him. And then I learned I really did like him. I don't know if he was my favorite because there were so many favorites and he's not with us anymore. So it's a big loss in my opinion to the family and to the Nordstrom business community because he taught me a lot. Um, And I knew this because my mom and dad taught me this, but he's like, Debbie, it's not about me. Um, It's not about, he goes like, if I'm with you, it's okay that you act yourself. He goes, you need to be with your housekeeping staff and give them a hug or a high five you know, that's the core, right? And it's not about what position they're at. It could be, it could be a stranger on the street in the elevator. Good morning. Right. It could be anybody at the gas station, the grocery store, people that you don't see people online. You're just waving to them because there's so many zoom calls. It's not about like, okay, this is not a club or sorority fraternity or country club. It's about like, okay, what is your service platform? What is your authentic opportunity to be, you know, a great human being and contribute. And that shows up. So when you're doing it on a business level and you're in business with somebody and you're servicing them and and surprise and delighting them, it's natural. It's authentic because you're not being fake just because you're in business together. That's right. Right. I I will say I've absolutely loved Blake Nordstrom. Blake to me was (laughs) like the man I wanted to be when I grew up. And we were only, um, 
I think we were eight years apart in age. Oh, wow. He was someone that I looked up to in my entire time with Nordstrom, but I learned from him many things, one of which is what you just said, and that is the Nordstrom culture is the foundation of the organization. And to be a leader in Nordstrom, you have to stay in the foundation, meaning you have to be at the level of everyone in the organization, from housekeeping to restaurant to store manager. It's the foundation. Stay in the foundation of your core values. Show up with a servant, humble heart for the cues and the clues and really pour into those those ladies and gentlemen. I mean, that guy, he would be the first to pick up tissue paper on the floor. He'd be the first to realign a shoe rack. And that guy just never came in with a label. But when he entered the building, you felt it. You felt the positive energy of him in any store he walked into. Very uh, gentle giants, right? And yes. So, mm-hmm. And that's I love it. It's so good. I mean, it just makes a big difference. And again, same with service. We're not buying our clients Teslas. Not yet. I mean, <laughs> Jill, we're going to, Brady and I got you one. It's coming. Yeah, yeah. surprise. <laughs> you know, I, we're just going to ask Stone when he comes, you know, the producer, like what color you Perfect. want it. And then bam, Elon is yeah. on it. It's an Oprah moment. Yes. Boom. You know? Yeah. So, but I mean, guys, like as small as this Saturday, we have folks going into their beautiful over $4 million soon to be home closing on Monday and they're meeting all these great people and we're lining it up, lining it up. And I just, you know, like, again, all they're going, they're starting at eight o'clock. And of course we gave them their own personal code and got permission for them to go in and we're joining them and giving them privacy, right. Style flexing. Right. And then I said, okay, find out like what they drink. Let's, let's just, you know, make sure they have order, order them mates or breakfast sandwiches. We'll, we'll to have know. on property when yeah. they get And there. have them bring their dog. Yeah. It's okay. Bring Finn. Yep. Bring Quinn. Yeah. It's okay. Sure. It's going to be your house in 48 hours. So we're not like right. delivering like, you know, like an orchid this big for $2,000. Right. It's breakfast. It's just a little. And, and they it's don't a nice touch. It's, it's a nice touch. Yeah. And they're just it's like. It's the oh. gesture. It's the gesture. We'll get a puppuccino for Finn and right. a little something for Quinn. <laughs> we know that they're like super young and healthy and they probably don't drink anything but like soy this, soy that, this foam, that foam with a straw, blah, blah, blah. We got it. Like, you know. Well, look at the two clues that Nordstrom gave us early in, right? One was the piano. The basic use of a piano played in the store was a core value that everyone looked forward to as soon as they walked in that door. And then the second thing is, the, and you love this department, Debbie, personal touch. Yep. Right? I mean, that was the department that you went to when you wanted to be really personalized. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, those... That was the personal stylist? Yes. Yeah. Personal touch. Mm-hmm. Amazing. You know? It's true, Brady. Yeah, well, when mean, you walk, just, walk into a Nordstrom store, you are automatically put, I mean, I'm calm when I'm walking in because I automatically start hearing the music and I can just be in there all day, which is a detriment yeah. to my pocketbook. Um, but it is a place where you can just hang. I mean, and feel like I just feel very relaxed when I'm in there. And I think obviously that gives way to a great shopping experience, but um I think that those two touches are, are really instrumental in their in their success. Well, look at the fact that they're one of the few department stores, at least that I'm familiar with, that actually has a restaurant which serves alcohol. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, they have a bar. They know, keep those men happy and those <laughs> keep spending. That's how we roll. <laughs> well, and it's amazing, Brady, too, like what you take from your childhood or your previous business as an entrepreneur and, and you bring it into your world. And like, I'm a stickler about my, our fabulous clients' houses that we are representing to obviously sell big and fast. Mm-hmm. And I'm a stickler about music. 
like right. it cannot be too high, not be too low. Mm-hmm. You know, we use Bang & Olufsen. We have, um, of course, and they're portable. We, we, you know, we have about five to seven listens at a time and every platform has music. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and when it's not on, I'm like, hello, hello, music director. Hello, music's yeah. on. Zach's like, I'm on my way. I'm on my way. I go, put your mask on and get your tail here because the music right. is not, I love you. Bye-bye. You know, I mean... And, <laughs> And, and that can't be, and, and also we label every fan, like we can't have fans on, like, you know, bathroom fans, I'm like, fan, do not turn it on, fan, outdoor light, we don't put fans on, like people don't like that noise, they want a little bit of music, not loud, no no fans and crap on, and then just have the proper, proper lights on, we're not doing surgery, no brain surgery here, we're not scaffolding people, let's get the lights on to the right level, there's all this recipe, and I really learned that from growing up with my you know, my mom and how she expected things to be proper when folks came to visit and that she wanted us to, you know, have her bed made and breakfast had. And like, she just taught us how to, you know, live and, and be energetic and give back um, to our family and our Well, friends. you're giving the gift of a great experience and creating this ambiance. And that's yes. exactly what you're describing, right? So that is the whole, you know, that's the crux of the conversation is the, well, the, the experience that we're, we're creating. We underestimate that. I mean, sonography is what Debbie's described, right? What does the customer see? What do they hear? What do they smell? What do they feel? What do they experience? Something exactly Carlton is that, you know, we could do everything right, but still 67% of customers may not come back because the brand connection of the customer interaction was not strong. And sonography is part of that, of building that strength. So you know, as crazy as Debbie sounds with her relation of labeling fans, I absolutely drink that same Kool-Aid. I am a fanatic. Do not turn on the bathroom fans when showing a house. We don't need that sound right. through the, going through the house, right? No. So we, we clearly, you know, as part of the largest real estate sales force, which Keller Williams is, close nearly a billion dollars a day of which we had 25 billion sell over a million dollars. You know, largest real estate sales force really following the same playbook. So yeah, just like San Francisco, just like Atlanta, we don't turn the bathroom fans on during a show in Palm Springs. (laughs) It's not going to happen. (laughs) It's the little things. Yeah, I'm like everybody. And then of course we always install new whisper fans just in case. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Right. It's doing well in our area. <laughs> Before we wrap up this, I mean, this conversation could go on for hours. I know it. <laughs> um, but before we wrap up, I'd love to hear um, maybe if one of, uh, if you guys can share a wow or a surprise and delight experience that you recently had with, um, with a company in your local market or online, if just to give us kind of like, what companies you're doing business with, just interesting to know. I think our listeners like to know that. Sure. Anything off the top of your head? Well, I mean, I'm a, I'm a brand guy. Like I love brands, right? And I recently purchased a wonderful bracelet from David Yerman. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I was showing property and I caught the bracelet on something and, the, and it snapped. So I went into the David Yerman store and they explained that they were so apologetic about the bracelet that they would quickly have it repaired. So they set the expectation of what quickly meant. And when the bracelet was off being repaired, they checked in three times to let me know that the bracelet was in good hands. And it was almost like I had sent a child off to college (laughs) and the door mother was letting me know that, you know, that they're okay. Okay. Right. <laughs> but what came back was the David Yurman bracelet in a David Yurman box in a David Yurman bag, the David mm-hmm. Yurman packaging. And what I learned is that the reinforcement of the brand, mm-hmm. right? They took the fact that I ruined the bracelet. They took responsibility and they surprised me by rebranding. You know what I did? I went on to David Yerman and I bought more David Yerman <laughs> packaging. <laughs> that bracelet repair yeah. became an, it became a you know a purchase. But that's what we want. We underestimate 
the importance of packaging, packaging mm-hmm. how we show up, packaging of of what we what we want to buy, and we really want to make sure we put in our business that those customers that buy what we sell, it is about the packaging. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know? mm-hmm. So go David Yerman. all about presentation. Go David Yerman. I love it. Absolutely. Debbie, do you have a recent experience you'd like to share? You know, similar. I mean, I think you know this still too, like this necklace that says love that Ava got for me. I mean, I circled it and paid for it. 500, you know, I circled it. She goes, do you like that? I'm like, oh, cute. And then baby, I, girl, baby girl surprised you and bought it. <laughs> and so, yes, I'm like, oh my gosh, I love it. And of course it was on my credit card. She's 13, so you got to give her a break. Um, so so this is, um, I shop at Wilkes-Bashford um, and th- they do similar to what Brady, you know, kind of shared. And, and folks like us that give a lot, I'm, I'm often let down, you know, at either retail establishments or restaurants, or I, I'm a little, um, I, I try to still have fun. Of course, of course, you know that Jill, we do. And Brady, we, we have lots of fun when we, when we travel and such, and we will do that again. But, you know, I, I think that the small thing that the small, big things that Brady just illustrated, very similar. So first off this, this chain broke and I love it. It's just, it's not a fancy piece and, but it's, um, it's one of my, favorite pieces. And, um, it's from my favorite daughter, my only daughter. And last year it broke. And so I'm like, crap. So first off, of course, I, we, I just texted my person at Wilkes. She goes, Oh, no problem. She goes, I'll come by and pick it up. I'm like, so that was number one. Number two, she, when she arrived at the house, she had a, another necklace for me by the same designer that didn't say love, but it had, uh, it was in the shape of a heart. So she goes, why don't you wear this when this is gone? And I'm like, oh, stop it. I make, um, of course, I'm, of course I bought that damn piece. And so, and then she says, and there's a couple other pieces if you want to just <laughs> resonate with them. And I didn't buy anything else, but I used the loner because it was the same rose gold and I just love it. And then you're still loved while it's away. So of course, like then of course they repair it, bring it back. And then of course I bought the other piece, which I'm like, so funny, but little things like that, like to bring a temporary mm-hmm. necklace to wear, not because it makes you look you know, it's going to sell more property. It's just like, they're like, we want you to be loved mm-hmm. while this is away. And we know this is from Ava. And I'm like, oh my God. I mean, that is so nice. Now she knew about the, how I circled it 10 times in the catalog. And then Ava and my assistant went down and picked it up and blah, blah, blah. So that's just huge. And I, I think that's um, fabulous. And it's a small gesture. And then I think to what the Sharp Group does a good job of, and I know you both do because I know you intimately beyond just this radio show and, and Keller Williams at large, is that that you're doing that, we're doing that for our people in our life. Um, uh, be it you, Jill, I'd love to surprise and delight you with little things as, you know, or big things like a case of champagne. I mean, like that's just nothing and it's just something. And Which and was it, incredible, by the way. And Thank it was just you. my, like, why would you send a bottle? Duh. So boring. Like, bam, do a case. And that still didn't break the so bank. Pedestrian. So pedestrian. So, <laughs> I mean, I just think that like, and I didn't, you didn't say, gosh, I wish I got gifts or nobody loves me. I'm going to go eat worms. Or you were just, you know, taking care of your family and you had a lot going on. And I, I just want to be like, oh my God, I'm thinking about Jill. And Ava's like, what should we get her? Champagne. She likes champagne. So then just take it to the next level without <laughs> spending too much, right? We can't just throw money at everything, but you know, just a little bit, right. like getting, you know, $20 for breakfast on Saturday for our clients at their new house with dog treats and da 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 is, is really not going to break the bank and it's still business savvy, but it's authentic. So I just feel like surprising. No, and it's also a giant, and just not to interrupt you, but I just wanted to say that is a giant impact. And like that's the point. Like it's not to break the bank and to show off. It's to authentically care for somebody. And, you know, it it could have been a bottle. It could have been a card for all, you know, for me. And uh, it's to me, I'm all about the gesture. And I think that makes a big impact. And so to both you and Brady's points, in your businesses, you make a point to create these defining moments um, for both your team and your clients that you're in business with. And I think you also do that with your partnering agents. When you're sending business, referring business, I think those things also are evident in those relationships as well. And I think that makes that that impact alone um, on those three segments of people that you touch 
is is huge and and is the main reason why I've invited you to share what you do and impart some insight on our listeners because I think you take the customer experience to the next level and uh, I aspire, <laughs> no pun intended, to go in that direction and be um, all you know and continue to improve on my uh, clients' experiences and my team's experience and so I, I really cannot thank you both enough for taking the time out to be with with us today and share everything with us. Um, will you, Brady, just um, throw out your, um, how people can find you online, et cetera? Yeah, absolutely. So we're all things Brady Sandal, B-R-A-D-Y-S-A-N-D-A-H-L, based out of Palm Springs, California. And of course, phone number 760 But again, everything online, Brady Sandal, it'll be our pleasure to help you learn about options in the Palm Springs market or share with what you, how we do things in customer engagement. I love it. Excellent. Debbie, how can we find you? So we're thesharpgroup.com, thesharpgroup.com. And my mobile uh, is 650-766-5333. And there's eight of us, Sharpies, we call ourselves the Sharpies. I love it. Yes, we have Sharpie pens <laughs> too. And um, yes, we're happy to you know, collaborate, contribute regarding real estate or beyond real estate as it relates to our business models. And thank you, Jill, for having us. I respect you and adore you. And I'm glad to learn from you. And I think this is such a great idea. I've always wanted to know more about this radio show. You've been so committed to it and consistent. It's so savvy, so smart and different. Thank you, my dear. So um, thank you, everybody, for listening. Again, if you are looking for real estate help, um, you want to make an investment or find a second or third home in Palm Springs, um, Brady's your man. And you can always reach out to the show page. um, And I'm happy to connect you there. His bio, as long as well as Debbie's, will be there as well. And um, Debbie and her team in the... um, Burlingame area. She's just right out, not what, right up the street from the San Francisco airport. Um, And she is your girl there. So um, you can always find them um, on our show page as well. And I want to, again, thank everybody for listening. I am really proud to share this show with you as these stories prioritize the customer experience as a legitimate business strategy, reminding us that no matter the business you are in, retail, real estate, or customer service, the customer experience should always be the heart of the business. 